0: Hello there, and welcome. <laughs> it's coming home. It's coming home. So we it's should come in probably to the uh, film
1: podcast. Explain it because when we're recording this, it may very well have come home or not.
0: So we'll see. We will see. Did you want to expand on what, what might come home? Because maybe it's, um,
1: the women's football, some don't know uh, the football, um, the
0: uh, the World
1: Cup, the women's World Cup. Um, as of right now, they've just beat Australia, and now Who it's has? England, and uh, now it's just coming home. Uh, we're getting close to it, possibly coming home. Mm. It's got to be Espanola. So, good luck, good luck, lionesses. Yes, good luck, and we'll just get one obligatory one of these out of the way. Hack no. the planet, hack the planet, uh, hack the planet. Uh, that was three, but you kept talking
0: over it i wasn't talking over it i was making a screaming fog no, noise over it. yes yes well that you were doing that anyway this um guy who keeps screaming stupid sentences uh is callum yes yes i am and i am johnny yes he is uh and if you want to see where callum posts screaming silly sentences in the week where might kind of places <laughs> might you find them? That's a great segue.
1: Um, it's Untitled Film Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We also are up on YouTube. And this is where we ask some silly questions and because of the subject matter of today's episode being all about hacking and things like that fun hacking and hacking movies um <laughs> we asked people what is your favorite example of either a hacker or hacking in a movie and we did have an answer from a good friend dogbrain uh he mentions the um device that John Connor uses in uh, terminator 2 he said um um, I always loved when John Connor hacks the ATM in Terminator 2. I really wanted whatever that was as a kid. Lol. He actually typed lol. Um, but it is, it's, there's this nice bit in Terminator 2 where he plugs a thing into an ATM and just spits out money. In the very 90s, I'm so cool, dude, is the epitome of, ni- of early 90s. Um, because we're going to get into mid '90s today, uh, v- kind of how they were the being mid, yeah, very mid '90s. Um, oh, I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> and um, little spoiler for my review: floppy head. You know, he's uh, John Connor with his floppy hair. He's played by Edward Furlong, who, before he went off the deep end, was sort of like the cool '90s kid. So, uh, Johnny, what do you have an example of hacking that you like?
0: Um, the, the photo you put out of Elizabeth. Yes, um, from the, uh, the the Millennium Trilogy, um, is is a good one. Um, I miss so much. There we're, is. We're quite- going to talk about one of my favourite hackers today. Yes,
1: yes, we are. Um, yeah. A, a very lame one that always uh, amuses me by how lame it is do you remember that film Swordfish with Hugh Jackman I do so
0: yeah. the uh, first
1: attempt to make Hugh Jackman a thing outside of X-Men and uh,
0: wasn't John Travolta in it as well yes right? yes, yes he is that he's, is the, hacker, he's movie, the baddie
1: it? yeah. and it's really trying hard to be 2000's kind of action movie
0: hacker cool he did drive a TVR Tuscan though so there is there is cool points there there's some that is, cool points TVR's are possibly up there with Alfa Romeo as the coolest cars ever
1: and it does have a good cast it's just mm, a pretty mid movie yeah yeah, not, not much going on upstairs
0: in that film. No, no. But no, anyway. Um, we will be talking more about hackers in movies and TV shows a little bit later in the episode. We will indeed. little teaser there. Um, speaking of hacking things... I want to see where this goes. <laughs> um, as the news hacks our psyches... What kind of news Mm -hmm. have you come up with this week? um <laughs> well okay well did you know that it's the
1: 40th anniversary of stop making sense the talking head concert film i did know that i saw it somewhere and uh they're going to be um playing a 4k restoration at the toronto film festival this Ooh. year and it's going to be accompanied um bandmates ma- uh, david byrne tina weymouth uh chris france and jerry harrison will make a public appearance and um sh- uh, they'll be introducing the film so it's going to be a big you know fun one for the toronto it, those a, toronto interest, people
0: it's Quite interesting to have them all together again yeah, because exactly. they kind of all hate David Byrne. Well, I don't think hate is maybe a strong word, but they all found him too obnoxious to work with. They're sucking it up then. But David Byrne, I don't know if you saw, he did a couple of years ago. He did a really good he stage did. performance. Yes. I can't remember the name
1: of it. I actually, no, it. I can't remember. Excellent. But I, I saw it. Um,
0: well, I saw it when it came out, and it, it is very good. Um, but yeah, I do love Talking Heads and David Byrne. That is one of my favouritest things. It is. I know this for a fact um yeah excellent good news yeah very good news. speaking of some of my favorite things my first piece of news this week is there is now a trailer for the scott pilgrim animated series right. which i think i'm hoping will fix a lot of the flaws of the movies in that it's going to cl- follow the graphic novel much closer i hope um and that kind of fleshes the characters out a bit more and yeah, Scott's still a bit toxic, he's a
1: 23-year-old, but like... If you know. someone wanted to hear more about these flaws, where would they go to
0: listen to a great tip-top review about that? Uh, well, we did a review a few months ago, so if you scroll back through your, um, your podcast-, podcast thing of choice, yeah, uh, you'll your find Spotify it. or iTunes or uh, Pocket Cast or wherever you find your podcasts, um, you will find a really great review of that, but yeah. Um, but no, I'm really excited. I thought the animation was good. Only slight issue is my, they're all the original voices back, which does mean Michael Sarah's voice is back. But I suppose his voice wasn't the problem. It wasn't just, his he's, voice. He's wet. It, it, it's just bit wet, his yeah, body it, it, language it, it, it's and stuff. gangliness. So, you know, uh, being
1: animated <coughs> more traditionally will help a lot, I think.
0: It looks really good, actually. It looks kind of across between. It looks very close to what the books look like, but also like a bit anime, which I suppose the books are a little bit anime yeah, as sure. well, the graphic novels or comics or whatever you want to call them. But yeah, um, I'm very excited for that. Yes, very
1: exciting. Karen, um, what is your second bit of My second news? bit of news is, um, uh, firstly, both the trailer for um, the film Maestro has come out, which is the Leonard Bernstein biopic starring and directed by Bradley Cooper. And it's also going to make its debut at the New York Film Festival. So we're getting into Oscar film festival season, people. And this trailer is very much Oscar So
0: how does like, three... Bradley Cooper
1: advertise that if they're on strike? Or Well, the trailer is out. I don't know if he'll be there in attendance at...
0: I did see like indie movies have got a bit of a pass. Uh, well, got, like, that's twenty four, I believe. I'm not sure it's not, about. It's, I think it's multiple. Oh, multiple. is it multiple? I, I, I didn't not, know. It's not just Studios, but they can do like individual deals for. Okay. With um, yeah. But they... and I'm not
1: sure how that relates to trailers because presumably that's a separate. The well,
0: trailers would be alright. Yeah. But like, you know, you think that Bradley Cooper would be at the premiere and stuff, and obviously he won't be. if... I suppose he hopes so,
1: but if he if the strikes are still ongoing, he might. Might be there in spirit and not else. I mean,
0: by the time this episode come out, the strikes might be over because they have been talking a lot this week. They have been, been good yes, news. especially the WGA. But anyway, that is not my piece of second piece of news, but, but it's some more news, it some bonus news. additional news. news. Some lucky content. you. Lucky you. Um, yeah. And my final piece of news for today's episode is that a film that came out of nowhere for me seems to be getting really good reviews, Stray's. Yeah, I saw some of the good reviews. I, I saw the trailer first. Um, so for those that don't know, it is Will Ferrell and Jamie Fox as dog, talking dogs, basically. Um, but R-rated talking dogs, as they would say in the States, or 18-rated talking dogs, as we would say in England. Um, and, yeah, it looks... Yeah. The, I, thought, I watched the first trailer and I thought, oh, this is going to be lowest common denominator crap. But actually, like, the beginning solid reviews, like Peter Bradshaw in The Guardian gave it four stars, which, for a comedy, I can't remember the last time Peter Bradshaw gave a comedy four stars, let alone one about talking dogs. Sure. I'm quite intrigued. My my interest is peaked. It's peaking, is it? Uh, Another film that's been getting
1: okay reviews out of nowhere because people thought it was a turkey or was going to be a turkey is um this new superhero film the blue beetle Beetle, it's got got like you know not great but they're all kind of um sixes out of tens for a film that nobody expected to be given sixes out of tens for lots of three Mm -hmm. stars so but i
0: think it's going to make about eight pounds (laughs) it's probably going to make nothing quite nothing made 3.3 million dollars which for anyone that knows about films that's not good it's not good Uh, oh not for superhero movies anyway Excellent. I think that brings us to the end of the news. I think it does. I think it does. And that brings us swiftly on to the meat and potatoes of the podcast, which um, is our two connected movie reviews. TV show and movie. Well, yeah, TV show and movie. Um, and of course, because we are so up to date and hip, <laughs> what is our new one, Callum?
1: A new one from... 2015 to 19 is Mr. Robot. Um, it's, in the before uh, times. In the before times. Um, it's um, a USA network uh, TV show. Uh, our linking theme today is hacking and hackers, uh, as we discussed a little bit earlier. And it was a show that came out in the USA network for four seasons, uh, created by Sam S. Mayle, and we're going to be pairing it with uh, 1995's Hackers, the cult hacking movie, which has kind of lived on. You know, hackers, it's their rocky horror, as far as I understand. It's pretty camp. It is very camp. (laughs) But is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is it a meh thing? We'll find out in a minute. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Yeah.
0: Um,. I'll, shall I? I'll do. I'll introduce Mr. Robot. and yeah, you, can you introduce you Miss, uh, Mr. Hackers. Mr. Hackers, <laughs> because uh, there are choices for those who did not know. I've chosen Mr. Robot because I've been trying to get Cam to watch it for about seven years.
1: One day, I'm going to cash in all these kind of um, chips of uh, trying to get me to watch shows because that was Succession too, and I'm going
0: to. Well, you should be thankful, because they're good shows. No, they are great shows, but um, also I think a favour should Spoiler. be paid back. Um well, I watched Hackers. I think that's a favour paid back in kind. and It also, needs to be a TV show, I think. I've also watched um, oh, um, uh, Speed Racer. Racer. I mean,
1: again, in terms of hours put in,
0: it's far fewer. It felt like longer, though. I'm sure it did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, anyway. Um, yeah, Mr. Robot. Elliot. He is played by Remy Malik, and he is a guy who is a hacker, some would say. Uh, and he hacks people's computers on the side. But by day, he is a security technician at a firm which works for the biggest firm in the world, E-Corp. Or as Elliot sees it when he is in his Adderall-induced craziness. Or it's not just Adderall, it's many drugs involved, but. Yeah, it's uh, opium, opium as well. Opium. Yeah, but anyway, his many drug induced states, he sees it as Evil Corp. Um, and that Evil Corp happened in his head uh, because he believes that they gave his made his father sick, whose um, father who worked for them, uh, and who died of leukemia. Him and a cast of merry men decide that they're going to hack the planet and uh, basically destroy all of Evil Corpse records, which is basically all the records in the world for money, and use it as a way to basically give everyone back their... Like, get clear of everyone's debts, start everyone from zero again and get rid of this kind of lopsided capitalist society that we all live in. And things ensue. Callum, they, they
1: you think. Broadly, I really liked it. I don't think it's perfect. Um, and I imagine my review will end up being a point or so below yours. Um, although that's not to say that I didn't really like it. Yours would be nine and a half then. <laughs> um, so um, to kind of front load with the really good stuff, I think uh, it's so slick. It's so well shot. It's so well edited. It's got the smoothest photography and their choice of music. Um, it's very pristine the way they use architecture as um, scenery there's a lot of using uh, reappropriating real life buildings in new york and the various other places that they shot it to make a very cool landscape when people talk about world building and they often refer to you know fantasy and science fiction because world building refers to how believable can you make a fantastical or um just fictional world that people believe in but when you come to things like this this is quite the epitome of world building even though it's contemporary and stop kicking the table uh, even though it's contemporary even though it's um you know set in our world it very much builds a sort of almost comic book-esque um you know slick cool world that we can really believe in it's fronted by rami malek and this is the best i've seen him because while he won the oscar for bohemian rhapsody i've always been a bit of an agnostic with uh, rami malek until i've seen this and this is where i've gone ah i get what the, all the fuss is about now um i think that um he's able to steer this ship because at points there is it, i mentioned that it was kind of similar to comic books in the way that um it builds this kind of cool almost fantastical world that isn't quite science fiction but it does border on it when some of the things that they're doing with the hacking and uh the global organizations that are running the world it, it's not science fiction but it does border on speculative you need a strong leads to pull you through that because um sometimes i guess not silliness exactly but overwhelming sort of archness or um um adolescent philosophizing can sometimes overburden the scripts i think and i found myself at times going oh come on with some of the purple prose that was being spat out so if it wasn't for a lead as strong as rami malik playing elliot who is this kind of constipated, emotionally constipated young man who is very troubled um without giving away any spoilers he needed someone like him. The clever thing about him in terms of writing and in terms of acting is he's kind of the, uh, kind of anti-Tyler Durden or um, anti-American psycho where, you know, a lot of incel types would get obsessed with uh, being like Brad Pitt in Fight Club because he's spouting some incel philosophy but he also looks like Brad Pitt Oh wow I think I could be like him the real version of those guys would be this awkward gangly bug-eyed sort of you know unpleasant frankly most of the time um, character to be around the supporting cast are all excellent too of course um, the other big get here is Christian Slater um, as the titular Mr. Robot but you can't really talk about him too much without getting into spoiler territories like i said sometimes the writing i think lets it down a little bit and also samus male he's really great at writing and directing really tight action there's lots of um, uh, episodes which revolve around getting to one place to plug this thing in and then unplug that thing because you've got to put in the virus and then do that and it's really nail-biting stuff he's also good at uh, episodes that talk about feelings uh, he the characters are very richly felt but every so often he does descend not only into sort of um, slight adolescence wankery, but also he does like himself a twist. Like sometimes M Night Shyamalan esque twist. You got a uh, Luke, I am your father. You got a uh, he a dream the whole time. You got a uh, you know a, a Fight Club twist in there and. Were the slickness of the production not just so good and the performance of Rami Malek and the really tight supporting cast as well not so good as well? The scripts by themselves might occasionally make you go, oh, come on, I've seen that. That's old stuff by now. But broadly, really good. And when there's a great episode, there's a great episode. So I don't really have too much to complain about. And my complaints are very niggly. But I suspect because I know that you're a really big fan of this. Johnny, what do you think?
0: It's all right, yeah. <laughs> Never get told. Um, it's, yeah, it's one of my favourite shows, despite the flaws, and I think I think I would agree with you there are some flaws. Um, I think it's probably, for my tastes, the best-looking American TV show I've, I've seen ever. Um, I don't really care about like, fantasy and stuff like that. Um, and American TV, I think because of the way the system is, it tends to be quite... Well, most TV tends to be quite visually bland. I always think you get a few outliers out there, but actually, yeah, most of it feels like Marvel in that even if they've spent some money on it, it kind of feels quite cookie cutter. Even something like Wednesday, which is meant to feel kooky and strange, and yeah, it doesn't feel as kooky and strange as like the early '90s movies and stuff. Um, But this, I feel like, if 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 it was, you know, it was a two-hour-long thing and you were presented with that, you think that is a really well-shot low-budget movie. So to do that for 12 episodes, 13 episodes, 10 episodes, they they vary a bit the seasons. Um, A season for four seasons um, on a TV show, Uh, not just any TV show budget, a USA Network budget which I can't imagine is much is really impressive. Um, Also, you mentioned touching it as well, the soundtrack, both the soundtrack and also the scores are fantastic and really suit the mood. And it really creates this atmosphere, and as you rightly said, like an atmosphere of tension. And there are some episodes, which are some of the tensest episodes of TV I've ever seen. Um, And they tend to be the standout episodes. And this is where a flaw comes in, in that there are some episodes that while not necessarily filler, feel like they are, they don't... You almost feel like you could probably... Combine a couple of you know, there's in every season there's three or four episodes where you think they could have been say there was four could have been combined into two episodes and you could have made that season two episodes shorter, and that is one flaw, and there are some episodes that I pay less attention to than others. I've watched the most of it through a couple of times now. Um but uh they are worth pushing through, and they're still fine, like they're still better than a lot of other. The shows best episodes, but for it's a bit like Succession. Succession, I always say season three, um, in the middle of season three, it kind of gets a bit lost. And there, for such of a show that I think we both gave a 10 to, I think we did, yeah. It still has that section in the middle where you go, that could be improved. It's not perfect. And I think this is a bit like that. Um, but I do think it stuck the landing. I like the ending and the way the ending worked, which not a lot of shows do. I think that's, I think it's rarer that a show sticks the landing for a last episode. Because one of two things happens, it either gets cancelled, it doesn't have a last episode, or it's made into such a big thing um, that, yeah, the the last episode um, ends up not really happening in the way that you'd expect. Um, I think the acting's all excellent. Um, The overall story is excellent. And it's just, it's quite different to anything else. The other thing is, from a hacking point of view, every time I've ever seen, like, a YouTube video with, like, hacker watches, or something a bit similar to like the I'm a legal legal and that kind of thing. There are there are hacker versions of that. They all and also Dave Hardstone, uh, Rob's brother, <laughs> uh, also said actually the hacking stuff is incredibly realistic. Obviously, it's like the most extreme end of hacking, um, but it's incredibly like realistic and a lot of techie people, a lot of geeky people really like the show because they were like, oh, that's the things you would actually type into a computer if you were hacking it, or that's how you would do that, or that makes sense. Um but in a way that doesn't make 90% of people go, <laughs> <laughs> it's just there, it's just happening. You don't really have to pay too much attention to it. Um there were some really interesting side characters that really kind of flesh everything out. Um for the most part the the kind of bad guys are excellent. Um and there's some some interesting kind of yeah, kind of characters you like, are they good? Are they bad? Do I agree with them more? because the main cast are kind of anti-heroes, but they're kind of heroes as well. Like, you question their motives a lot of the time. Um, and obviously, they're, they're fighting for the good. They're kind of, they're Robin Hoods. So they kind of are meant to be good guys to an extent, but they do some pretty shady things over the course of four seasons. So, yeah, I think it's a really rich tapestry of a show that, while it has some small flaws, is overall excellent. Yes, I agree. Um, You mentioned the villains there. I I must say that
1: I found the villains to be some of the weaker elements of it. I found myself thinking, I I quite liked it when Elliot was with White Rose, White Rose being the main antagonist to the season, but she's not the only one, Um, and several others. They're very well acted, but I found whenever they were on screen together, I have this thing in television writing purple prose thing where um the screenwriter who has a master's in in creative writing he wants to get out all of his uh 12 syllable words in one go and every so often it's what i like to call mother never let me go to the zoo as a child type of writing because the scene will go exposition 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 yes exposition Ah that reminds me of a poem and then we get this kind of what feels like an endless 15 minute diatribe about the poem and it relates to the episode it's probably only a minute or so but I, every time it happens to go and get past the
0: poem bit couldn't care less couldn't but even Elliot like gets a few of those few of those not not a lot he gets the least and they kind of make more sense in a way for coming from him I yeah because he of... is a bit self-important
1: um but, but they, all like they, do they. They, they do and sometimes it's justified by the context but not all the time and sometimes i find myself going i'm actually not that interested in these villains so much i want to get back to elliot and and the gang of merry men and uh, christian slater i'm not as interested in these villains or they seemed a
0: bit um, well like i said comic booky you know people in suits i still think and- that some of the kind of maybe we would call them sex So you, you, again I don't want to give too much weight to the audience but they're the two kind of main villains it's hard through the to, show they were tightrope walking here yeah they're kind of tightrope and, and they're also kind of villaining against each other a little bit which I suppose adds a level of complexity to it which is interesting but they have kind of henchmen shall we say and some of the henchmen are quite interesting I yeah some of the henchmen are ironically are quite some of the kind
1: of one episode villains are quite well, a bit some more some of them have been
0: for quite a chunk of time
1: yeah some Joe of the Joe Badass's character Joe Badass
0: although he's Villain, hero, yeah.
1: anti-hero. We don't know. We yeah. don't know. I, I we like don't like the know
0: actor's name. The guy with the the glasses that comes in and yeah, he's really good. Um And also towards the end, there's the uh, this is this is turning into like a yeah. miming show. I'm not trying to give too much away, <laughs> but there's there's a female villain, should we say, mm-hmm. who's quite quite scary. Yes. Um Yeah. I know. I I, I, well, I, I really like it. So <laughs> Are they heroes?
1: Are they villains? We just don't know. We don't know. We don't know.
0: But no, I'd highly recommend watching it. Me too. Uh, it is unfortunately not on Amazon anymore, which is was the better place to watch it. But it is on ITVX. So if you can either get a free trial or put up with the adverts, it's well worth a watch. Yes, I would very much agree with that. Perfect. And that brings us on to the news. advertisement break. Yes. <laughs> you were going to say the news? That I was here. about to. <laughs> forgot where we were and before we stop for the break i'm going to turn callum's audio off
2: say hello to a new era of mental health care cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100 online you'll experience the all-new cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you you'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist prescriber or both So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
0: And we are back. And um, welcome back from the break. Uh, I, I hope kind of you I my, uh, really uh, liked those things um in a second i'm going to allow callum to have audio again so he can tell you about the movie hackers which we'll be reviewing next but if callum wants to be able to do that he needs to make sure he doesn't say the thing that he often says and if he does that's the end of the the episode of the podcast (laughs) that's the end of the whole podcast yeah forever (laughs) i'm never recording another episode (laughs)
1: Alrighty, is that me? Yeah, you are back. Okay, I am back. So, Hackers, uh, nineteen ninety five. It's uh, directed by Ian Softy, English director. Starts with a raid on a house, and you you must think, who is this that person that they're raiding? Is he some gangster, some warlords? It turns out it's just a kid, twelve years old, Dade. With such American color, he's you know, actually eleven. Eleven, sorry.
0: Correct you there.
1: So uh, yeah, this raiding this kid. What's his crime? He's done the hackiest hack to ever hack. He's shut down all the systems on Wall Street and that. And uh, as punishment, they don't arrest him. They um, take away his privilege of using a touch-tone phone, which kind of puts you where it is in... uh... (coughs) Yeah. Or a computer that hooks up to the phone. Wow, what magic times we live in. Cuts to him when he's 18, him and his mum have moved to New York City and he he's finally allowed to start his acting in that again. And he goes to school and he's almost immediately smitten by a very early role from Angelina Jolie which is actually where Johnny Lee Miller who plays Dade and Angelina Jolie met because they were married for several years and a motley crew of cool kid hackers who are down with the man in that And the man is played by Fisher Stevens. He's the baddie who likes to refer to himself as the plague. Is he
0: the man or is the man the secret
1: service? He's certainly a conduit to the man. Well, maybe. Um, So, Johnny, what what did you
0: think about Hack the planet hackers? Well, the people that wrote that film certainly were hacks. (laughs) Hey! Boom, boom. Um, I'm here a week. Try the veal. Sippy waitress. Don't, don't try Veal Actually Veal is bad for animals. Um, yeah. Um, it's right. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fucking mess for a start. Um. Struggling here, aren't you? I don't know how to describe it, really. It's a bit, um, how would one describe hackers? Um. It's fucking mental. It makes no sense, really. Um, The acting at times borders on unwatchable. Pantomime, really, isn't it? Some of it is unwatchable. Some of it's not even pantomime. Are you thinking of of Matthew Lillard? (laughs) A little bit, although he wasn't the worst. I thought Fisher Stevens, female. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Lauren Bracker. Lauren Brackett, yeah, who's obviously went on From, to Sopranos fame, and before that, Good for um, yeah, Goodfellas. Um, fucking hell, she was not. She, she was, was phoning in on this one. She's very stiff in that film. Um, yeah. Um, you asked. Some of the visuals are make no sense. Um, it doesn't really hang together very well at all, in any way, shape, or form. Having said that, there is something a little bit endearing about it. Um, I'm not going to say... I'm not going to, like, stand here and go, this is a, such a good cult film and everyone should go and watch it. It's got a very specific audience. Yes. And I kind of... The f- kind of... people
1: Probably Sam S. Mail, who di- uh, yeah, created um, yeah. Mr. Robot. This is very much loved amongst hackers.
0: Yeah. It is, it's kind of... It's definitely... A, uh, it's definitely there's a reason it's a cult film. Um, I also think that one of the things that detracted from it a little bit for me is it does, they're trying to be like the uberest, coolest people. And obviously, hacking in the mid-90s was the coolest thing you could do. Um, so everyone has to dress up in what is made to look like what a mid, I reckon someone who was 43 thought the coolest people on the planet <laughs> looked like in 1995. There is a lot of that. Um, like some of the, like, it, it, you know, when something's so try-hard, it's so trying to be cool, it's the most uncool thing that's ever uncooled on Earth, which another reason, is another reason for it to be a cult film because stuff that is incredibly uncool... It kind of goes yeah, back on itself and it ha, has
1: a sort of, like,
0: um, appeal in that way. Like it was... I, I remember I watched it with someone and they hadn't seen it. I'd seen it mm, 15 years or so ago. Okay. I can not really remember it that well. Um, and... They were like they started out in the first like twenty minutes. They were like, I don't know if I can watch this. And then by the end of it, they were like, I'm actually it makes no sense and it's really stupid. But I kind of want to see what happens. Like, so yeah, it's 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 weird. It doesn't really work on so many levels, but it is kind of fun and endearing. That's my review. See, I
1: can't really disagree with anything you say
0: there, <laughs> but I do. I am very charmed by it. I like it. I think I like it
1: a lot more than you do, yeah, I um, you do. <laughs> but I, I can't disagree. I am not going to stand here or sit here and say, no, you're wrong about this, that, and the other, because no, everything you said is absolutely correct. It's it's nonsense of and cobblers of the highest order, but it is. I find it to be very endearing and charming cobblers, but I, as you know, I like my Island of Misfit Toys movies where it doesn't hang together but it's endearing quality wins it through and and for me this one does win me through i can completely understand why it's a cult film amongst um hackers because there are two flavors of cult film they're rocky horror type cult films where people you know they Mike can they? i'm they can, sure they can see that the film is not a masterpiece but they're not taking the piss out of it when they come to see it's like rocky horror they're not taking the piss out of rocky horror and there's the room which you know people throw spoons at the screen mm. because they are taking the piss this one is very much in the former rather than the latter so for the hacking community and hacking people this is
0: very much a rocky horror film um, although i did at one point was we were both trying to work out was it meant to be a comedy and then we googled it, and it's it's very much not. It's meant to. Yeah. Be, oh hey. no. It, uh, it's what was it? Absolutely <laughs> supposed to be taken seriously. And you just know that the filmmakers uh, want you to take it seriously. Absolutely. So there is a level of that kind of spoon throwing at the screen. So, I, I would hope because uh, I, would I hope actually, no one can take this film seriously. I don't think they're
1: taking it seriously, but I think they're. They're appreciating what is... I'll bless them. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, So I know for a fact that among hackers, there are screenings that are held and, you know, big auditoriums where people clap and and scream at the screen. But like you said, it has that way of kind of turning back around on it. And if... if, And this kind of film is hard to review objectively. And you had this problem as well, because it really does come down to, are you charmed by this kind of nonsense or are you not charmed by this kind of non- nonsense? You can fall somewhere in the middle of that camp or you can fall on one side or the other. And in um, this
0: crime drama romance thriller.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and I find myself falling more on the like, And but I'm not going to st- stand here and say that this is a kind of um, great film. What I do like about it and what I do find quite endearing about it is, How much the filmmaker seems to like its main characters. Yeah, and likes hackers. And likes hackers. And I think. Even if he doesn't, clearly doesn't get them. He clearly doesn't get them, but he likes them. And I think that's probably what has pulled it through Mm. and made it a kind of hit on DVD and and, uh, and then screenings and all that kind of stuff. And why, like, HackerCon, this will be the film that they play at midnight on a Saturday. If you like your characters, you get a lot of goodwill out of certain people. Not everyone, but out of certain people. And I find myself, I am one of those people. If you like your audience and respect your audience enough to like your characters that you're trying to depict, you'll win a lot of kind of goodwill. The way it likes them is it seems to take their rebellion very seriously. And I think that wins it over. And also it paints the... uh, the, Adults as the dumbest dum dums ever dumbed in dumb land. Like, even. And um, apart from Fisher
0: stevens coach to an extent. To an extent, but even Fisher
1: the, Stephen, they're taking the piss out of him. He so oh, desperately yeah. wants to be cool. He calls himself the plague. He rides <laughs> skateboards.
0: You know, you there this one scene, and this is where I was like, this must be a comedy. I but, is here. That's not what I was going to say. Okay. Although that is pretty bad. When he was holding onto the side of a limo while yeah. riding a skateboard and down the street. Thing and snatches or... a disc drive out of someone's hand, and, and then d- grabs back onto the limo and just going along the road. You can
1: tell that the director thinks, this fucking guy's a loser. Let's make him a bigger loser. Call himself the plague. Give himself a stupid haircut. He wants to be one of these kids. And I like that a film that takes its rebellion seriously, and you can kind of see the seeds of that coming out. Like, this is unrelated to the film as a film. But um, not so long ago, there was a, a hack done on one of those uh, racist right-wing kind of Twitter knockoffs during uh, the first uh, Donald Trump indictment. And the hackers named themselves after uh, the hackers from, from this mm. film. And... That's not an isolated incident. You see a lot of people using kind of quotes from this film, but snoop onto us, us as they, as we snoop onto them, and then write a fifteen thousand word length uh, article about security and privacy, and it's written by some kind of you know hacking nerd or something. You can the, so you can see yeah. the seeds of of its growth Although, outside of the film, but that, it doesn't relate
0: to the film itself. The only slightly depressing fact is that. Um the, the the kind of main protagonist um is Oh Dade. Yeah, he's kind, that he name is such. Is, so stupid. He is, um, he is kind of based on Julian Assange. Oh, is he? I didn't um, know that. Yeah, because Julian Assange was a very famous Australia, well, he's Australian. Was yes. A very famous Australian um, a hacker called Mendax. I think his name that was, that was. Yeah, that, like someone had seen a news article about this. I think he was like 14 or 15, but this, this kid who got sure. arrested and banned from computers for five years because he'd hacked that into is, all the banks it, in Australia. That is a, shame. Um, is a shame. Because Julius Assange is Luckily, that is
1: just the seed of the idea. <laughs> but, I mean, to kind of draw this to a close, I'm not going to defend the stupid stuff about this film. All I will say is that every so often a film comes out where it presents itself to you and it, you either find either find its goofiness and its campness endearing or you don't, or you fall somewhere in the middle. And I find myself falling more to liking it. But I'm not going to say that, no, you're wrong, Johnny. This thing is a masterpiece. And that thing is a masterpiece. It clearly isn't. And I can see exactly the same things that you're seeing. I'm just slightly more endeared to them mm. than you are. Remember? And that, that's Rose-tinted it, I dig. Tinted glasses. Slightly. But this is one of my favourite sort of goofy, ah, it's a Sunday night. What am I going to watch? let put on Hackers. <laughs> yeah, right now. Snoop on them as we... Uh, uh, no,
0: sorry. Snoop on us as we snoop on them. I was just trying to say, I think all the characters meant to be like 16, 17 years old and they were about 48. <laughs> like some of them, uh,
1: vary slightly, but wow. A knight, Lord Nikon... He is th- like he, must, he must be in his thirties. I was
0: like looking at it going, he is like the oldest. He's the oldest one of them. Old. Um I and ever seen. The rest
1: of them are, are at least in their early twenties. 20- uh Johnny Lee Miller would have been twenty-three, I think, and mm. Angelina Jolie about the same. Uh, a bit younger, I think. She's about twenty one. But I
0: mean they were all and but what was funny, like in the schools they seem to have cast like sixteen, seventies. Yeah, the so, so they just looked like so like, they so out of place. At least like have other 23 year olds be the extras like, yeah, well yeah anyway. I think
1: what they often do with films like that is to save money they'll just say to kids that are in that school mm. hey do you want do to you fill out a film, and yeah. if it I think this film had like a 5-10 million dollar budget it wasn't huge So quite, they, quite a lot of CGI
0: for 95
1: for 5-10 million dollar budget it, it was pretty the, poor they, CGI they do but... find they, they, it's very a uh, corner cutting film it, mm. it finds a lot of ways round it for you know the budget that they had and I think that was one way they just uh, cast the 14 year old extras and got these 24 year olds to roam around in their leather jackets
0: <laughs> this weird ass movie it is a strange movie anyway anyway. so Callum mm-hmm. what is your review of Mr. Robot? Just really good um, um,
1: when it's really good it's great when sometimes it did tick me off in some of the things it did but they are minor things I'm not going to say for me it's a masterpiece although I did appreciate watching it and I probably watch it again at some point I think probably wrestling between two scores but I think an 8 out of 10 okay. um, just missed the kind of, kind of great level for me on a few instances but really recommend it go watch
0: it have fun that's intriguing. So were you I mean I'm between an eight and a, a, and a nine. nine? Okay, yeah. fair enough. Um I yeah, I, I think it's one of my favourite shows. Or it is one of my favourite shows. I do see some flaws. It's not like a succession level, like out of the park and it's not for everyone. Um, not the succession the succession is either. Um but I don't think there's many like Breaking Bad has flaws and loses momentum at certain times and like The Sopranos, what was that ending? I'm not convinced. So, like, yeah, like, it is a a TV show's always a bit of a mixed bag when you've got to have 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours of something. So I think it does a very good job of that. Um, Part of me wants to give it a 10, but I think the more, probably the more correct score is a 9, so I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Cool. Um, So that is a eight and a half between us. And Hackers, Callum, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, it's goofy, it's silly, it's dumb, but it's also likable. And if you make a film that likes its audience and likes the characters that it's trying to depict, you will win me over quite a lot. And it backs up on itself where the goofy, the dumb, the silly, I find slightly charming. Um, And I, I giggle... Probably is not intending me to giggle, but I do giggle, you and, giggle I, a lot. and I and I like it. Uh, seven out of ten, quite easily. I've watched
0: this quite a lot quite a lot. I really wanted to go, you went Let like, the goofy, there's something, the, it's something, it's something. And I even wanted to go <laughs> <laughs> this made me think of the Adams. Doo do, do, do. The creepy and the, the goofy, goofy, they're We're all together. The Can- Do,
1: the do the hacker Anyway.
0: Um I am not gonna be anywhere near as generous. It is silly and fun and but it's maybe a bit too silly it's maybe not quite fun enough it doesn't really know what it is it's a complete mess um but there is something slightly endearing about it and because of the endearing factor i would give what technically is probably a two star film a 5 nice um i think the the endearingness does make it watchable and fun and you know it's, it's not a film that i feel like if you get if you get at least 35 40 minutes in it you're probably going to watch it to the end it's a strange concoction it's a
1: strange elixir where it somehow manages to get you on side even though it probably shouldn't mm. but
0: yeah that means a six out of ten so if you've got a spare sunday night it's on amazon for free at the minute why not go give it a go and tell us what you think on the old instagram and hack the planet And the, the goofy. goofy, they're all together,
1: do, 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 do. have to plan it.
2: Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you have no idea where it's going? Well, I know it's all of those subscriptions. I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and I had them cancel the ones I didn't want anymore.